afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Notre Dame Stadium. Zivikowski trying to get to the outside. He has blockers in front. Time for Zivikowski. Belong to beat. Shakes it off. To the five and touchdown. And now it is down. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. Brady Quinn looking. Pump fakes. He rolls to the near side. Throws it. It's caught by Samaja. Inside the 20. Inside the 10. He's going in. Notre Dame has scored. Jones is the back. He's got it again. And Jones a letter room. Tony Jones makes a cut. Gets a block. And scores. Is that the play that will seal the playoff bid for Fighting Irish? Hello and welcome to Sunday Saturday Irish. I'm Tyler Rojack and I'm here with Luke Smith. And it's been just over a month since our last episode. So, Luke, I feel like we need to do a quick check-in before we get started. How have you been? I'm good, man. Uh, focused in on uh, our seventh grade basketball conference tournament. We're, we're peaking at the right time right now. Um, nobody really cares about any of that. But that's that's where <laughs> I'm focused and, and not Notre Dame football. I'm focused on seventh grade basketball right now. That's good. That's where that's why everyone tuned into this for sure. Um, <laughs> we're obviously here to talk about Tommy Reese leaving Notre Dame to take the offensive coordinator position at Alabama. Uh, but first, we want to address something on the show that will explain our absence over the past month. And honestly, I'm just going to cut right to the chase. This will be our last episode of Sons of Saturday Irish for Luke and I. Hey, what uh, are you talking about? <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry. Uh, Luke and I are definitely going to continue podcasting about Notre Dame in the future. I got hired by the Lockdown Podcast Network uh, to be the host of their Notre Dame channel called Lockdown Irish. Uh, the show has already existed in the past, um, but it's been dormant for the past year. And now I'm taking over to be the host of a daily show Monday through Friday covering all things Notre Dame athletics. Luke is going to be a regular guest on the new show. Right now, our plan is for Luke to come on at least once a week, every week during the off season, and then twice a week during the season like we've been doing. So even this will be our last episode in this rendition of the pod, we're actually going to put out a lot more content going forward just for a different outlet. Um, my first episode as the host of Lockdown Irish is going to come out three weeks from Monday, February 27th. You can actually go and subscribe to the new channel now. Um, on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. The, um, the podcast channel is still up. Some of you might have even listened to it in the past, but go ahead and subscribe to that Locked on Irish today. The show will also be up on YouTube, but once that channel is live, I'll put the link out on social media uh, so you can su- subscribe there as well. And really, I'm just I'm grateful for everyone that's tuned into our show over the past three years. It's been a blast for both of us building into what it is now, and this move wouldn't be possible without you guys. So uh, Luke has been super supportive of this since the moment I told him. Very grateful for that. And, and like I said, we're going to continue podcasting together down the road. So this is not the end. It's only the beginning. And uh, I, I know that was a lot. So thanks for letting me air all that out. Did I, did I cover everything? Yeah, I think you did. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I'm really excited to see what this next chapter looks like for you. And yeah, you guys aren't done with me either. I'll be on this <laughs> show a lot with Tyler moving forward. But I think the only other thing I'd say is thank you to uh, Pat Finn and, and Billy Ray Mitchell from Sons of Saturday. They really gave us this opportunity a couple of years ago to kind of get this thing off the ground. And and they have some really cool stuff going on over there. Um, they're bringing a bunch of different podcasts under their umbrella these days. Uh, so I would recommend, you know, they're pretty much bringing in everybody from different colleges around the country. So please keep listening to them. Uh, they've been nothing but good to us. And uh, I really appreciate that all the support they've given us over the years. Yeah, without a doubt. We owe Pat and all those guys uh, 
a ton, and, and they've been great to us. They're, it's their Sons of Saturday name. They gave us the logo and all that, and it's been a blast working with them as, as partners over the past few years. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's it. Like I said, I'm going to be putting out more on social media just kind of as the as I get ready to launch this new show. But Luke and I are going to continue doing this. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun for both of us, and uh, I'm really excited. But um, let's get to uh, Tommy Reese because that's, that's why everyone is really here. I give a quick timeline of events. Uh, Chris Lowe from ESPN broke the news that Tommy Reese had emerged as the top candidate for Alabama's open OC job uh, on Thursday morning. And reports indicated Reese interviewed for the job with Nick Saban uh, over Zoom on Wednesday, less than an hour after Lowe's tweet. Pete Sampson tweeted out that photo of a private jet with the Alabama logo at the South Bend Airport to pick up Reese and his fiance and, and take them to Tuscaloosa for Reese's in-person interview as far as we know, Reese had not made up his mind at that point in time. But then on Friday afternoon, Pete Thamel of ESPN broke the news that it was official. Reese accepted the job, and we become uh, Alabama's offensive coordinator. A lot we need to get into, a ton of different angles uh, we're going to discuss here. But take me through your initial reaction when you heard the news and how it sort of evolved over the weekend now that you've had some time to think about it. So that was tough because I had a very busy day on whatever day that was, Wednesday or Thursday. And of course, it happened right as I was getting into a meeting, and my initial reaction was, shit, he's gone. Um, we haven't tried to hide how we feel about Tommy Reese as a play caller and, and honestly, as, as a guy. like He's been nothing but good to us. Um, there's been times over the year he's come on the show before. He's DM'd us in the past uh, just talking about random shit that he thinks that we tweet out that he thinks is funny. <laughs> like, I mean, we'll always be fans of his, but – with this, I knew he just couldn't say no to this opportunity, and it sucked. Uh, in terms of how it evolved, I went from worrying about how it might impact the rest of the staff to thinking now that Marcus has a really good opportunity to, to make a big-time hire here. Um, but, yeah, no, no doubt it's a loss. Uh, there's an opportunity now for Notre Dame as a program to to really make a big-time hire. But, yeah, it, it's a loss, and, and I think that that's uh, my overwhelming take as we go into this week. Yeah, I knew it was gone the moment I read the tweet. <laughs> like, I saw that and I was like, damn it. There's probably one job, one offensive coordinator job in college football that I think Reese would have left Notre Dame for, and that was it. Um, the opportunity to work for Nick Saban is incredible. We know the history. We know what uh, past offensive coordinators who have worked for Saban have gone on to do. I think four out of five or four out of the last five are head coaches. And then even Bill O'Brien, who's like much maligned in the – Alabama fan base, he he's now the Patriots offensive coordinator. So even though he kind of got run out of town, at least the fan by the fan base, like he's he got a promotion in a, in a sense there. It's not like he was fired. So yeah, it's a great opportunity for him. Happy for him. Um, this is not a lateral move. I anyone who's saying that it's a lateral move, I just have one question for you. Like, if Notre Dame were to hire the Ball State offensive coordinator. Would that be a lateral move for him? No. Because okay. All right. Now, let's, great, let's, no, no, no. I know, I know <laughs> what I'm not saying. I'm not saying the gap between Alabama or between Notre Dame and Ball State is the same as the gap between Alabama and Notre Dame. That's not what I'm saying at all. All I'm right, saying is the that. Right, but the gap is 73 to 28. That's the score of the last two times they've played them combined. Yeah, so the gap exists, and that's all I'm saying. If you're saying it's not a lateral move, yeah. you're saying that there's no gap in between the jobs, and I'm just saying that there is. So just wanted to make that clear. But I get it. Great for him. Um, unfortunate for Notre Dame, but now with that being said, this is an opportunity for Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman really to hire someone new. And this could be an upgrade. I'm not saying that it definitively won't be, but it is a loss and, and, uh, it's unfortunate for Notre Dame, but happy for Reese. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the guy was literally in South Bend for over a decade. Uh, that's an impressive feat in itself. Um, if you don't grow up there and you willingly choose to spend, you know, a third of your life in South Bend, I think that that deserves a ton of credit, uh, which is why I got a little bit annoyed with some of the stuff I was seeing on the internet, just talking about him leaving because whatever it's, it's from people that just don't understand Notre Dame and, and don't understand South Bend, frankly. And, and just like, uh, how much that guy gave to that place and and how maligned he was as a player and a coach, probably unfairly. So in, in both accounts and, and, you know, he could have left Notre Dame so many different times as a player or a coach, but he stayed and he hung around and uh, I'll always appreciate that. Um, you know, personally, I, I just, I go back to him as a player, um, especially like, just you know, that's a big part of college, college football for me is being able to trace things back and, and the tradition and, and lineage there. And, and that was a big piece for that. You know, he was like kind of the last remaining thing of, from my childhood of Notre Dame and he's gone now and I, and I can't blame him um, for taking this job. I think it's, it's a no brainer for, from his perspective. Um, but that's something that was very hard to to kind of come to grips with. It's like, yeah, this guy's been in South Bend forever. And uh, when you think of college football, you think of tradition, and, and he was part of that for a very long time. So um, I wish him all the best. And But, yeah, uh, now it's up to Notre Dame and, and Marcus Freeman to, to figure out what's next, and, and I trust he'll do a great job there. But, yeah, there's no doubt it's a loss. Yeah, he's been around the program for so long, six years as a coach, four years as a player. He could have left Notre Dame after the 2012 season and transferred before a senior season. You know, that was run, one year after he literally got booed when he came on the field for the first time, yet led Notre Dame to a win against Purdue, saved an undefeated season multiple times, never really got any credit for it, then really saved Notre Dame again in 2013 after Everett got kicked out. Um, and I think he was the best offensive coordinator under Brian Kelly. So, all that being said, he was definitely one of the most divisive topics amongst the Notre Dame fan base. And, and lately, the past few days, that's just been um, heightened even further. You guys know how we feel about him. Now, it wasn't perfect. Uh, there were definitely some times where it was frustrating and we, you could be frustrated with the offense and you could be critical. But to just constantly call for his job, I thought was a little bit much. And, uh, you know, it's just it's interesting, like his whole tenure. So when you look back on Reese's time on the staff, let's just keep it to the past six years or so. Uh, how will you look back on his time in Notre Dame? You know, there's really one moment in particular that comes to mind. And, and that moment, I don't think anybody else in the world can say this besides people that are with me because uh, it was very specific, but that's the Georgia tech game in 2020. Uh, me and, and my buddy, Pat Falkenberg and, and Luis, we went down to that game because it was one of the few games on the schedule allowing fans in, in the, in the COVID year down in Atlanta. The Irish had the ball on the goal line and were attempting to score while up 20 uh, to cover. We could not punch it in. And as we're leaving the stadium, the offensive staff is coming down from the box and they cross our path. And Reese is just nuclear. He's yelling at himself, just dropping F-bombs. You, you could tell he was so upset that he couldn't find a way to punch the ball in there. And what sticks out to me about that is that he really tried to be a perfectionist uh, and seeing that firsthand in what frankly was a totally meaningless moment. Like it, it didn't yeah. matter if Notre Dame scored or not there. It meaningless also to some. <laughs> yeah. It preceded him putting up 38 offensively on Brent Venables the next week. I think that proves it. Like this, this guy really gave a shit about his job. His give a shit factor was through the roof. <laughs> and 
that's what's like i think so frustrating now is like people are like oh my god like couldn't wait for this guy to leave it's like okay you know what you just don't get it and and that's okay because your give a shit factor is just not there uh and, and that's kind of how i felt but that moment will always stick out to me just because i got to see it firsthand and then you already mentioned it that game against clemson that was the best offensive performance Notre Dame has had, given the scale and who they were going up against. Like, he completely yeah. outclassed Brent Venables, who is, like, without a doubt, one of the best defensive minds in college football. And that was just an amazing night to be a Notre Dame fan, and, and I'm sure that was great for him. It was pretty sweet to sneak in the stadium that night, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so jealous you were there for that. One of the few, the proud. It is partially disappointing uh, because we never really got to see what his offense looked like with all the right pieces in place. And I really felt like we were going to see that this season, too, with Sam Hartman on board, um, two future pros at tackle, and then you know the rest of the offensive line should be great. Um, and I would say probably one of, if not the best running back room in college football, some young, unproven, but highly skilled pass catchers. Like, this This was the year where it was supposed to all come together um, and Notre Dame would have a top 10 offense under Reese. And Notre Dame could still have a top 10 offense. I'm not saying they're not. But seeing Reese lead that charge would have been awesome. Um, But you've mentioned it. Like, I think Reese is a great representation of the University of Notre Dame. If you want to point out the do your fucking job thing, like, okay, maybe not that moment, but, like, it's football. It's the heat of competition. Shit happens. And uh, I'm going to miss him. But, like, I'm going to remember him as as, uh, all the good things, but also it's hard not to remember the fact that he – very divisive, and at least one good thing about him leaving is that our fan base is going to have to pick a new topic. Whoever is going to be the new uh, GOAT that has to take the fall for everything, uh, that job is open as well in addition to the offensive coordinator position because people are going to need someone to target all this anger at. Yeah, that that's a very good point. I, I do wonder who that falls on now. With, Feel with bad for him. whoever that is. <laughs> yeah, with with, ho- with both him and and Brian Kelly gone, that that uh, that really does leave quite a gaping hole. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, from everything we've heard, um, this is just an opportunity he couldn't pass up, and I think it's very understandable to to know why that's the case. The guy loves Notre Dame. He gave a third of his life to Notre Dame, and if you can't get that, then like I'm sorry, fuck you. Like, just like you're you're just you don't get it. That that's it. But, anyways, moving more towards the the current state of Notre Dame football, I know this is initial concern of yours. How do you feel about Sam Hartman and, and him staying at Notre Dame? Because this was not only you, but you you tend to be kind of Mrs. Doubtfire with these things, <laughs> and you get worried about this, and and other people worry about it too. Do you think he's going to transfer out? Yeah, I mean, my initial thought was, shit, Hartman could go too. Um, now, he still could. I know he posted that video inside the Goog, which seemed to be uh, not confirmation that he's staying, but certainly a good sign that he posted that and seems like he's uh, ingratiated himself well within the Notre Dame team. I don't think he's going to leave, but I'm not like 100% certain that he won't. The way I understand it is if he were to leave, he would have to drop out of Notre Dame, whatever uh, graduate classes he's uh, attending now. And I don't think if he were to leave and transfer to another school, I don't think given the academic calendar that he could enroll there and then participate in spring practice. Could he, you know, train with an NFL coach, then join the team this summer? Yeah. But I don't know if he has any desire to do that. So I think he's going to stay, but I'm going to hold on being a hundred percent certain until he comes out and says so publicly, which might happen, you know, later this week, I think he's scheduled to speak with media on Friday. So we'll just, we'll have to wait and see. 
Yeah, I'm, I was only worried about it when I talked to you. And like I said, you have that whole Mrs. Doubtfire act going up. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just, could it happen? Absolutely. Is it really that feasible? I don't really think so. Um, and honestly, I think the the more likely thing, if he was to leave Notre Dame, is he would just decide, fuck it, I'm going to go to the draft. Yeah. I don't think yeah. he would go to the school. Uh, but yeah, that's just kind of my take. It's a little bit late for that, too. So yeah, yeah I think he's going to stay... Definitely understand why some people worried, myself included, obviously. Um, but I think he's going to say it, and I think that Notre Dame is obviously in a great position if he does say it, and it makes the job uh, that much more attractive for any incoming offensive coordinator. But um, we talked a lot about what this move means for Reese, and let's take a bigger picture approach to this uh, when I ask, what does this move mean for Notre Dame? Because, again, Marcus Freeman is in a very interesting position now. He's a very important decision to make. But what is it? Do you think this move has uh, says a lot about where the program's at? Uh, anything like that? So I think my my probably initial reaction to this is like, if you can't keep a guy who means that much Notre Dame and he's an alum, like then who can you keep? And that's a little bit jarring. However, um, the more time I've spent thinking about it, you know, you realize I think if you go back to before this season, I would. I would guess that a lot of people probably thought this was going to be Tommy's last year in South Bend, regardless. Now with the way the season went, you know, you go nine and four, uh, the timing's a little bit off. So that's why it kind of feels weird now that he's taking this job and, and it's a great opportunity. However, it is a little bit hard to shake. It's like, well, if, if you can't keep this guy, who can you keep when Georgia, Bama, Ohio state come calling? I don't know. Um, but I, I do least like to have that perspective. It's like, I think a lot of people probably thought this was going to be his last year in South Bend regardless. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Like, no matter what your opinion is of Tommy Reese as a coach, I think you have to look at the situation and admit that it's not a great look that one of our own, a guy who played and graduated from the school, decided it was better for him to walk away from the team and program despite the fact that he's the best QB situation he's ever had, as well as a very talented group around him, and he makes plenty of money. So I understand why I made the move, and I think it was best for his career for all the reasons we've already mentioned. But like you said, if you can't get him to pick Notre Dame over Alabama, like how are you ever going to do that with a recruit? And Notre Dame hasn't been in recruiting battles with Alabama a ton in the past. Obviously, Keon Keeley uh, in this last year's class um, is one example of where Notre Dame lost that battle. But if Notre Dame is going to reach the top of college football again, they're going to have to start beating Alabama on the recruiting trail if they want any shot at doing that. And, yeah, I don't I don't know how you do that now, especially after a guy like Tommy Reese, who is Notre Dame blue and gold through and through, opted to go to uh, Alabama as well, even if we all understand why he would make that move. Well, do we all understand that? Because everything I've seen on Twitter seems to think that we don't understand that. But yeah, yeah, I, I agree with everything yeah. you just said. Yeah, but that being said, Notre Dame could upgrade in this position. Is it going to be easy to do? No. Um, Marcus Freeman is entering his second year as a head coach, and he has a very important decision to make. Arguably, uh, the most important one he'll ever have to make is the Notre Dame head coach because this hire is going to be so important to the next two, three years and could ultimately define his tenure as the Notre Dame football coach, especially if it goes if it goes poorly. But I don't think that will happen. But if you were Marcus Freeman, what would you be looking for uh, in the next offensive coordinator? 
It's a really good question because with Sam Hartman this year and, and Kenny Minchie and CJ Carr in the waiting, it should be a really attractive job. It should be. Uh, and I, I said this to you offline yesterday. It feels like one of those things where you don't really know who's available until offers start getting thrown around. Like, for example, with Reeves, nobody knew he was even an option for Bama until two days ago. Um, so, like, what do you really know until you start throwing options or offers around? The one pause I have is that Marcus's role model is Jim Trestle, a.k.a. <laughs> run the ball 75% of the time. And usually that works, but that's not football in this era. So Hire him. I've seen some stuff about I've seen some stuff about Paul Christ. I really want that to go by the wayside. Um, but he's also a very young guy, and I think he gets that. So I'm very intrigued to see where this goes. Um, and I, I do think it's a very attractive job, but I, I'm very intrigued more than anything. It's definitely an attractive job. Notre Dame, the prestige in college football is is obvious. Notre Dame compensates their assistance a lot better than they have in the past. We know Reese was making um a very a very good amount, especially compared to the other coordinators in college football. So I don't think money's going to be an issue. Um, the offense is in a great shape. Recruiting has been strong. I think people generally really uh, like Marcus Freeman. Think he's a great coach, even though he's inexperienced. He's just a good guy, good someone you'd want to work for. So I'm sort of with you. Like to be honest, looking at some of these articles that have come out, like eight names to know, or whoever, or however many names to know about who could be the next candidate to be uh, the offensive coordinator. Like there's not a ton of names where I'm like, oh, that'd be that'd be awesome. I mean, I think Joe Moorhead, Moorhead would be great, but I don't I don't know. He's the head coach at uh, Akron, and uh, I don't know if he has any desire to leave right now. He's a top candidate. I think he's going to be looking for a guy who has play calling experience. I think that's going to be super important. Marcus Freeman, as we know, is a defensive coach, so he needs to be able to put all of his trust in a guy who has done it before at a high level and not someone who is learning on the job and needs um, oversight from the head coach constantly to help him out because that's that's just not Marcus Freeman's specialty. But I think it's going to come down to experience, fit. Like, are you a culture fit at Notre Dame? Do you get the school? Do you get the program? And we know Freeman wants to be a program that's driven by its offensive and defensive lines. So I'm sure he's going to be looking some for someone who fits that mold. So I, I wouldn't expect someone to come in and run the air raid, for example, even if Notre Dame is a great quarterback like they have right now. No, I agree. Um, and and I, I do think that that cultural fit is something that maybe we don't talk about enough. But um, listen, it takes a special kind of person to – decide if they want to move their family to South Bend uh, <laughs> or in, you know, we've had assistant coaches in the past, AKA John McNulty, who don't even move their family to South Bend. They take the job. So uh, it, it takes a special kind of person to take that job and understand the school. So I totally agree with whatever you just said. So Moorhead, uh, we've heard some positive buzz or excuse me, Mike Singer has reported that there has been some positive buzz about Moorhead's interest in the job. I know that he turned down Alabama, but, even though you and I are on the same page that Alabama is a better job, there are certainly some risks to going to Alabama. And I could see why a guy like Moorhead is someone who wants to stay in the Midwest. He has family in Akron. He wants to be close to them. Like it's a lot shorter drive to go to Notre Dame than it is to go to Alabama. And I, I think culturally Notre Dame is more of a fit for him. So he would be great. He sort of fits the mold in terms of he's got plenty of experience as an offensive coordinator and as a head coach. Freeman last year went with Al Golden, a guy who had head coaching experience in college, which made a ton of sense at the time because he's going into his first year, needed that. Is he looking for someone with head coaching experience at this job? I don't know. But, yeah, you mentioned, like, on that list, did, did Al Golden's name come up in any defensive coordinator, you know, article last year? I don't 
ever remember that. Like when I first heard the name, I was like, wait, who's he coaching for? He's a linebackers coach of the Bengals. So it was a surprise. So who knows if Notre Dame starts throwing around $2 million and start offering that to some big names, we could see some guys at big schools like, Hey, Alabama just poached a guy from Notre Dame. Who's to say Notre Dame can't go to another top program or somewhere close to us and poach someone as well. So I think it'll be interesting. We're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's kind of my point. It's like, you have no idea who's available until you start talking to people. Um, and, and I think it easily could be somebody like Joe Moorhead, who's been rumored, but it also could be somebody that we're not even talking about right now. And that's why I don't really want to speculate on it. But if I did have to throw a couple names out there, um, Matt Nagy, what the hell is he doing? He's the quarterback's coach, the Chiefs. I mean, coaching Mahomes is probably, you know, that's that's credentials enough. I, I don't really care what happened with the Bears. Let's let's throw him some money. Uh, while we're on the topic of of Bears offensive coordinators, Ron Turner could be another one. Or while we're on the topic of going back home, why not bring Mike Haywood back home? I know he had some domestic violence <laughs> issues back in the day, but uh, I'm sure those are those are long past him. <laughs> what about uh, Freddie Kitchens? He used to play quarterback in Alabama. We could uh, we could basically just, like, get back and I'm like, hey, we got one of yours. Failed Browns coach. Arguably, in a long history of terrible Browns head coaches, Freddie Kitchens might be number one. That's an impressive yeah, I so. honor. So maybe I think so. he can re- rehabilitate his career at Notre Dame. Uh, I think we get Charlie Weiss Sr. and Jr. Get them on the phone. Package deal. Jr. can coach the quarterbacks. Weiss can call the plays from an office chair on the sideline. <laughs> Again, yeah, him or Brian Ferentz. <laughs> Brian Ferentz, not well liked, uh, not good. Uh, he could be an option too. Obviously, we're kidding. We're just throwing out some random names. But Charlie Way Studio, that one has kind of been thrown around a lot. I, at first, when I saw that, I, I thought it was like a joke. But I don't know if there's like at legs that it's gonna happen. But he's I've seen his name a lot. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, he has not had really good offenses, so I'm going to say no. <laughs> yeah, and he's working at Ole Miss, and he's not – he's learning from Lane Kiffin, who's a, a great offensive mind, obviously, but, like, Kiffin's calling the plays. That's Right, Charlie exactly. But I, I think it's probably going to be a name who we've never even talked about. What about – I got one for you. Uh, what about Bill Reese, <laughs> Tommy's dad? I, he's already on the he? staff. He's younger. Well, yeah, is he gonna is he gonna stay on staff? That's a good question. I don't even know. He's like the director of scouting at Notre Dame. Yeah, I wonder um, if he's gonna stay. Okay, I, I just looked up Bill Reese age, and the first one is at seventy nine, but I don't think that's our Bill Reese. Let me look this up. Yeah, there's no way he's that old. No way. Did you see uh, how Bill might have been involved in this? Uh, and, and Tommy's move to Alabama. Did you see that? I guess Bill Reese is really tight with the director of player personnel at Alabama. I think John Bryce from Football Scoop had that in his article, and that was interesting. I did not. But yeah, okay. But it does make a little bit more sense because then there's some familiarity between the two um, and not like a yeah. total shot in the dark. So those are some of the names. Uh, obviously, I don't think any of those are very serious except maybe Charlie Weiss Jr. But who would be your dream guy? Like I know – I, I keep seeing Joe Brady like he's not coming to Notre Dame because he's not coming to any college, I don't think. I think he's made it very clear he doesn't want to recruit. He was trying to get back to the NFL as soon as possible after the LSU thing. So I don't really think he's an option, but, man, it'd be it'd be pretty sweet. I don't know, though. If he does one year with Sam Hartman and Tyler Buckner, he might not even have to recruit and then just take an NFL job. Like one year, stopgap, Joe Brady, stopgap, Joe Brady, who says no. 
A Joe Brady stopgap. I take him for one year. Yeah. The most out of Hartman. Um, do you think Freeman will try to go to the NFL route? What do you mean? Like, do you think he's going to be looking to the NFL to get guys because uh, oh, he got gold from know. the NFL? I don't know. I I, I don't know. Because that's like, I really don't have a, a great concept of who's available. For, I mean, like I said, I don't know who's available in general, but the NFL, I can't even think of names. I guess uh, the reason I'm asking that is partially due to Sam Hartman. Like, would it be more compelling to Hartman uh, for Hartman to stay if Notre Dame got a offensive coordinator with NFL experience because a big part of the reason why Hartman came to Notre Dame was to put himself in a better position for the NFL draft. I wouldn't make an offensive coordinator decision solely based on this upcoming year, although I do think that will play a big part in it. It, uh, it certainly makes the job a lot more attractive knowing the kind of talent Notre Dame has at quarterback and around him. But I don't know. It's just, it's just something that I, I could see happening. Like if there's going to be a name, an off the wall name that none of us were really thinking about, it, I could see it being an NFL guy is what I mean. Could be, could be. We'll have to wait and see. What do you think the timeline is going to be uh, for this move? Cause I think they got to move quick. I, I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't know if they do have to move quick. Cause I feel like Bama obviously took like three months. So who knows? Do you think Freeman was surprised by it? Or like caught up? No. Burn? No, I don't. I don't. Especially once it became available to Tommy, I don't think he's that shocked. Yes, and after last year, once Reese—I don't want to say openly flirted with Miami, but as time went by, it became more clear that Miami really pursued him. Uh, they went after him hard, so he turned that down. That was like what a month after Freeman was hired, right? Uh, it was almost a year ago today. So yeah. it was like February, a couple yeah. months. So once he does that, uh, Freeman's got to be on the lookout. I think. Had Ryan Day not promoted Brian Hartline to be the offensive coordinator to replace Kevin Wilson, who took the head job at Tulsa, if Hartline was going to leave Ohio State, which at this point seems like he's destined to stay there for a really long time. If he was going to leave to go anywhere, I think Notre Dame would have been a great choice uh, to work for Freeman. They have a relationship. But I think that's it on uh, Tommy Reese. Do you got any final thoughts as we wrap this up one last time? No, that's kind of it. Best of luck. All right. That's a wrap for Sons of Saturday Irish. Thank you guys for listening today and uh, for being with us over the past three years. This has been so fun for both of us, but I'm thrilled about what's to come and hope you guys continue to tune in to the new show that's Locked On Irish starting February 27th, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Uh, please subscribe today. I'll continue to provide more updates in the coming days and weeks as I get closer to launching it. And uh, so for Luke and myself, thank you guys so much, and I'll talk to you on February 27th.